2: The ability to reinvent must be something that every professional wrestler is thankful for. You might not get unlimited chances, but when you're in need of a refresh, a good gimmick change is always an option. Got an idea and need to see how it fares in front of a live audience? Take it for a test drive and see what happens. Some wrestling characters are so great that they're all a star needs, but that doesn't mean that they didn't go through some pretty awful ideas to get there. I'm what Cypher Watt culture, and these are 10 wrestlers with one great and one terrible gimmick. Number 10, Drew McIntyre. WWE Universe popped big for Drew McIntyre finally ascending to the WWE Championship, there was one man who told us this would happen many, many years ago. For eons, much talk has centred around Vince's pet project, such as the decade-long obsession with Roman Reigns, but Drew got to play this role on TV in his best gimmick to date. At his true coming out party in 2009, Vince McMahon announced that he had personally signed McIntyre and that he was a sure thing future WWE Champion. Drew's slow and meaningful Broken Dreams entrance felt regal, imposing and said so much about the man's promise. Under this character Drew would capture Intercontinental and Tag Team Gold. However after a string of strange booking decisions Drew was placed in a stable that would certainly be a low point of his career. 3MB with Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal really made no sense whatsoever and was a perfect example of throwing names together to give them something to do. Whilst they had their moments like the unforgettable WLC match that had no right to be as good as it was, it was ultimately poor usage of a man that had so much more to give than air guitaring and jobbing. Number nine, Nikki A.S.H. Nikki Cross was the perfect complement to the lineup of Sanity, the tiny spitfire of energy and malice that was just as scary as a brutish male counterparts, but in totally different ways. Even when the rest of her team was called up to SmackDown, Nikki found solo success. Going up against NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, she was the unpredictable element, which she proved by stealing the title and running away with it. The phrase, Nikki's got a secret, got over big time when Cross claimed to know something about about Alistair Black's mystery attacker who had injured the superstar in the full sale parking lot. More than anything, it was nice to see a woman interact in a storyline within WWE that wasn't about the women's title. Nikki's time on WWE's main roster has neutered her personality and even the over-the-top almost-a-superhero gimmick feels like a letdown. Whilst it landed with the younger audience at first, it quickly started circling the standard WWE drain that many characters find themselves in when they have nothing to do. Heck, the fact that she's been placed into the 24-7 champion Picture says a lot. Number eight, Dustin Rhodes. Before the Attitude Era even kicked off, Dustin Rhodes was pushing the button of WWF audiences by portraying Goldust, a character that was laced with innuendo and eroticism. Whilst he never made it to the top of the mountain, much like his father, he was an essential part of the WWF roster. Goldust was a weird character in the best possible way—the type of insane creation that can only exist in the wonderful world of pro wrestling. Dustin jumped to WCW in 1999, where he was given a new coat of face paint and declared himself to be Seven. In vignettes, a white-faced Rhodes would levitate outside of a child's window and ask them to join what appeared to be a strange cult. Only two of these ever aired, and when Seven literally floated his way to the WCW ring that November for his debut, Dustin tore down and abandoned the gimmick then and there. Turner Broadcasting had basically killed it off before it got started properly because they were concerned about Seven looking like a child abductor. Unlike Gold Dust, Seven was awkward and weird for all the wrong reasons. Number 7, Mark Henry In the 2010s, with his very real powerlifting records as the basis, Mark Henry began using the apt title of World's Strongest Man and inducting the crumpled bodies of his victims into the Hall of Pain. It was a more serious side than we had ever seen before from the man, even more deadly than his time in the Nation of Domination. Henry used this momentum to capture his first and only WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Night of Champions 2011. Most memorable of all was Henry's fake retirement segment where he suckered us all in and then dropped Cena like a stone. Wrestling fans everywhere are now suspicious of salmon-coloured suits. When it comes to the bad side of things, some people probably remember it fondly for how strange it was, but objectively thinking about it, the sexual chocolate gimmick was dumb. This can always be caveated with a the 90s were a different time when it comes to poorly aged storylines, but Henry's sexual chocolate run was awash with them. The character was apparently a sex addict who lost his virginity at age 8 to his own sister. That shouldn't have been okayed for TV in any decade. May Young giving birth to a giant hand at age 76 is the kind of thing that's best not to try and understand number six kazuchika okada Everything came together for Kazuchika Okada when he began to use the title of Rainmaker. Returning to New Japan after some time away, Okada manifested his own reality by adopting the character who brings in the big bucks wherever he goes. In the ensuing years, he captured the IWGP Heavyweight Championship multiple times, drove the company to new heights, and did so with a character with a level of pageantry thus far unseen the promotion. But Okada's Rainmaker gimmick has a strange source of inspiration, and that is his short stint in TNA. After a string of matches on explosion, TNA's second show, Okada's first real story in TNA began when he donned a mask and debuted as Okato, a wholesale rip-off of the Green Hornet film that had just been released in theaters and its character of Kato. Okata was aligned with Samoa Joe briefly and the story would lead to the future Rainmaker finally making his Impact television debut. But following the end of the feud, Okada went back to using his real surname and making sporadic appearances on Explosion before leaving the company at the end of the year. The true loser in all of this is TNA who wasted an amazing talent in every conceivable way. Whilst the Okato gimmick was awful, fans can thank it for helping Kazuchika realise that he needed to find his own character, lest someone force him into a role where he didn't belong.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!"
2: Number 5, Ball Buchanan. In the early 2000s, the right to censor stable was, for fans of the WWF, the most annoying and irritating gimmick in the company, which was precisely the point. Reflecting on their work shows that they were the perfect concept for a heel group following the Attitude Era's debauchery, a parody of those calling for the company to censor its antics. Ball Buchanan was the first to join Steven Rich's new unit, which was a combination of stars who had little else to do or had particularly controversial characters in the preceding years. Buchanan had struggled in. The the WWF to that point as a solo star and with short-lived alliances, and he was positioned as the muscle of right-to-center, which he took to all too happily. Weird that his next gimmick, and his last before his WWE release, was totally the opposite. Supporting the barbs and diss tracks of John Cena, Buchanan was renamed to B-Squared, which apparently stands for the rather distressingly awful Bling Bling Buchanan, and played enforcer for the breakout heel. What this essentially boiled down to was wearing a vest, nodding his head, and yelling Booyah. The pairing lasted for two Completely forgettable months. Is this entry on here just for me to shout about how good right to censor are? Yes. Yes, it is. Number four, Chavo Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero is a perfect example of excellent highs and terrible lows. Chavo and his Uncle Eddie had feuded in WCW, but by the time that the WWF purchased his contract, it was all water under the bridge, and taking a slightly more villainous turn, Chavo adopted the lie, cheat, and steal outlook of Uncle Eddie. That being said, the two cheeky, law-breaking rascals were so fun that they couldn't help but turn face organically. Of course, both guys were superb in the ring, but the vignettes that furthered their gimmick were just oozing with character. You can clearly tell watching the back how much fun Eddie and Chavo had working together. Chavo Guerrero's worst gimmick is that one that you've seen on the list of worst gimmick ideas ever plenty of times, but it can't be emphasised enough how utterly ludicrous it was. Dyeing his hair blonde and riding a golf cart to the ring, the newly enlightened Kerwin White wanted to sing the praises of the Anglo-American way and make snide remarks about anybody else. To take a solid worker like Chavo from an esteemed wrestling family and give him a racially charged character speaks so much about wwe at the time after about five months the Kerwin white character was understandably dropped after the death of eddie guerrero but honestly that's five months we all could have done without number three Emma. Tenille Dashwood's time in WWE, despite her being with the company for nearly a decade, is unfortunately rather easy to forget. That being said, her first appearances in NXT as Emma got her over fast. A fun-loving klutz that danced a weird robotic jig, Emma was the kind of stupid that wrestling audiences get behind. It seemed like a parody of the WWE's previous diva culture, but more than anything, Emma was just reacting to the very strange entrance music that she was walking out to. In 2016, Emma was returning from a back injury and a series of vignettes began to play that hyped up a new character. It promised the makeover from Emma to Emmalina. Whilst Emma had ditched the ditzy character years prior, this was still a huge jump from her current gimmick. It was looking to be, somewhat ironically, inspired by Divas of the Past. Weeks of videos went by and internal reports suggested that the WWE had started advertising the character before they were sure that Emma could carry it. In February 2017, Emma made her Emma Lena debut and promptly turned back around and left, transforming back into Emma. What a hilariously colossal waste of time. Number two, Cody Rhodes. It was in ROH and New Japan that Cody Rhodes' real journey to the top of the pro wrestling mountain began, debuting with the moniker The American Nightmare as an ode to his father and his brother who had used it earlier in his career. Always dressed to impress, Cody's new persona was about reclaiming the Rhodes' rightful place in the wrestling world as one of the industry's royal families. Whilst some of his commitment was a bit extreme, looking at you, cringe neck tattoo, Cody's desire to affect change brought so many companies outside of the WWE much closer together. Cody's American Nightmare character is finally in the fed, untampered with by Vince McMahon's hands because of how powerful it was. It's a far cry from his last appearance in the company back in 2016. Stardust was really nothing more than just a mini gold dust for Cody to play alongside his brother. The son of a son of a plumber could have been forgiven for phoning such a half assed idea in. Instead, as stupid as the character was, Cody made it work. Stardust was entertaining. For two years, Cody put his all into what was the most obvious reductive idea for a character and turned it into something worthwhile. Number one. Kane The Brothers of destruction storyline may well be one of the best tales that wrestling has ever told. The coming of Undertaker's incinerated younger brother Kane, who he believed to be dead, was something that had us glued to our screens in 1997. For all of the incredible moments that Kane and The Undertaker have shared, however, the Big Red Machine has had a career worthy of that Hall of Fame ring in his own right. Glenn Jacobs calls himself lucky for the opportunity presented to him to play such a high profile role. After all, he knew what it was like to have a bad gimmick or two. And was probably craving his big break. It could be the Christmas Creature, Mike Unabomb, or Fake Diesel. Any of these are bad enough to beat Kane's most terrible gimmick. But of course, the real tip of the cap goes to Isaac Yankum DDS. During the 1990s, wrestling was transforming and at times the WWF really struggled to figure out what audiences wanted to see. By the time of Yankum's debut, the idea of a gimmick based around a profession, such as IRS and the Repo Man, was very much old hat. An evil dentist just had no place in the evolving state of wrestling. And despite cutting that imposing figure, Yankum would not get over.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.